0: probably seen me. I, I do this way too much. Um, I am here going live with Nimsy Insights with a special guest today, as usual, Yos Zetche, who is the author of a new book called Characters with Character. And this is, I, I've had the opportunity of being involved with Yos since um, since the beginning of the publishing process on this. But I, I, I don't want to take credit for it, Certainly not going to take credit for this because it's a lot of love and I did not do very much at all other than just chuck it over the fence um, to the folks at Multilingual Magazine, but this has been a labor of love for Yost for quite some time, and today I wanted to bring him on to, to talk about this uh, book, but first let's start off here. Um, we should be live-, live streaming right now on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of that stuff. Um, so please, if you have questions for Yost, if you have comments, um, if you have the book and you love it and you want to say something, leave it down in the comments. Um, we'll try to be checking those later on today um, as we get time. And I don't know how long we're going to be doing this, but we're going to be doing it for a little while. And I think I've bought us enough time now to make sure that all the live streams are, are working properly. So I'll turn it over to you, Yost. Um, take a minute to introduce yourself.
1: Sure, I I appreciate being being on on this live stream with you, Tucker, and I also appreciate um you guys through your multilingual um arm um approaching me to publish this book and with you and 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 then publishing the book and and taking good care of me and the book in the process. Um, it's like you said, it's been a labor of love. It's I've been working on this actually for about ten years Um, you know it doesn't have if um, it's not much text in the book per se but um, there is a lot of thinking behind the little bit of text you find and and you will see that the book really is more of a um, we call it a table coffee book it's a book that you can proudly show your visitors um, and use it to explain why you love language so much and why, um, why especially written language of course it's a book about written language which is not the only kind of language obviously many languages don't even have a writing system but as we know many do and likely the language that you speak or the languages that you speak and write do have writing systems also and I have I, I love language I'm a, I'm a you know I. The other day, I was talking to a group of people, and I said, "You know what? I think about language. I dream about language, and and that's what I do. I'm 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 about language, and and that's true. I mean, it's you know, it's not even over-exaggerating. There's so many aspects to language that I love, and one aspect certainly is the way that <clears throat> that people have been ingenious expressing themselves through writing." Um, um, and and through developing systems of writing and, and, and expressing themselves in written form that are just mind-blowing, I think. Mind-blowing and really beautiful. Well, you and know, that's kind of what I wanted to show in that book.
0: Yeah, and you're the one to talk about it. This is not your first book. Um, I, I would mm-hmm. have introduced you as the guy who wrote the book on translation, but that would mm-hmm. be inaccurate because you've written so many. Mm-hmm. I, um you have characters without characters you have found in translation of course which you co- co-wrote with Nellie Kelly translation matters that was actually my introduction to you was that trans- right? translation matters yeah I, mm-hmm. it was one of my fir- first books that I picked up on my journey to becoming a You're such a fanboy and oh. I, I, I was fascinated it's a, um, it's a collection it's more of an anthology though um, I don't know why I say though. But it's very interesting, and I was fascinated to understand how you got your start. So I'm translating, being a Bible translator in China, and you have a whole different book on that, which is aptly named the the Bible in China. which me mm-hmm. see here. Uh, what else have we got here? Uh, how to succeed as a freelance translator? Well, those are uh,
1: you know those are just books where I wrote a chapter. Um, um, oh in, no! So so um. Oh, nothing.
0: Sorry, <laughs> I don't want to be yeah. too excited about those things. But um, my, my point that I'm trying to make is you're quite the prolific author, and um, I consider myself a fan. So oh, it's, thank it's, you, Tucker. I good. appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but let's, uh, let's talk about uh, Characters with Characters. It's available online right now let me just pull it up it's available on amazon or all online major retailers so if you're seeing this and you want to get yourself a copy go get it um it's super easy i pulled up the amazon right here and thank you to one click oh my gosh i'm not i'm in incognito mode i was going to say this is super easy to sign in but i'm not going to show you guys my password um, hey do it, do it, I, I challenge you, do, do it. show <laughs> us your password. <laughs> We're on a live stream right now. I'm not gonna type in my Amazon <laughs> password. I've got my whole history of credit cards going back to when I was nineteen in there probably. So let's just um let's just get to the book. I have a couple um a couple notes that I've been taking here I wanted to talk about I'm gonna throw you some curveballs and just so you guys know this is this is live this is not pre-rehearsed this is not scripted um, the way that you find out about these things is you subscribe to the Insights you follow us and you get notified when when we go live so please make sure to be doing that um, so I say that to say that Yos does not know exactly what we're going to be talking about here I wanted to talk about um page 98 let me let me get to it really quick gosh so um now now, since you are looking here for a page number i want to i want to
1: tell the audience that the book um
0: so i say that to say that Yost does not know Yost i think you hit the wrong mute button or something there
1: did I hit it wrong? No, you did.
0: Oh, did I? Well, let, I didn't. Me get, let me get you back here. I can, I can hear. Are you watching the live stream on a device? Am I watching the live stream on a device? Because I can hear it.
1: So, what button should I be?
0: Are do you have the live stream open, like on a phone or something? I can hear it.
1: Oh, you know, I know it's the Instagram stream that I was listening. To. Okay, I'm
0: sorry. now we're <laughs> yeah, good. My the, fault. My bad. Instagram stream's working. This is the first time I've ever actually gotten verification that the Instagram stream's working because I never maybe check it online. So You're welcome. yes, that was completely scripted. It was completely planned. <laughs> What, what did you have to say, Jos?
1: Oh, what I was going to say is, you know, Tucker was saying, you know, on page 89, so the book, um, I, I imagined the book kind of like an art gallery a little bit. And in an art gallery, you might have some pointers which way to go and how you, you know, go through a museum or an art gallery, but not, you you can do anything you want in an art gallery, of course. So, so um, the book also is made in a way that you can do anything you want. And there's no page numbers. So you just kind of... Um, look through the book and um, if you really want to mark a page you really have to mark it because you can't remember how much page it, page it was and and that, that to me was actually kind of important and took some extra effort to not have page numbers in there but there you won't find any page it's like a you can stroll through the book rather than read through the book from page one to wh- whatever the last page might be we don't even know
0: right I- I love that. Well, I, I'm sure somebody knows because we had to send it to the printers at one yeah, point. So. <laughs> but I love that because it takes away like the pressure of, you know, you're not reading a book. You're That's having right. an experience. Right? That's right. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's start off here with um, this. Uh, well, since there's no page numbers, I have to describe it for you. This <laughs> Mongolian script here. And mm-hmm. I was reading about the Mongolian script. And one of the interesting things about this book is that it starts with um a glyph or a character and then it it goes into the background and gives you just the right amount of background information Mm. on what this and one of my questions was i mean you're talking um the book talks about you know the the interplay between Mongolian and Chinese. And mm-hmm. you are certain, certainly an expert on Chinese and all, all of that stuff that goes around there. And I don't even have an intelligent question. I just want you to talk a little bit about the effect and the power that language or that script, written script, has in society, in politics, in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good question. Here
1: that's that's a really good question because um you know um especially when it comes to mongolian so mongolian is a language many languages and i think we might not be aware of that but many languages have a number of different writing systems um and especially when languages um, occur or you know are spoken in a politically difficult Situation um, with different, you know, different global powers taking charge of areas where that language is spoken. That often leads to the language written in a number of systems. So, the Mongolian that's spoken in um, what the Chinese would say Outer Mongolia, what we say Proper Mongolia, <clears throat> um, which now is an independent country, of course, is um, that. Mongolian is written with Cyrillic characters. Why? Because it was part of the Soviet Union, of course. So most, most languages that were um, spoken, uh, written, excuse me, in, in the um, realm of the, of Soviet Union are, um, have one way of writing of expressing themselves and writing through Cyrillic. And there's nothing wrong with Cyrillic characters per se, of course. I mean, sure, in fact, sure. you are mentioning lots of Cyrillic characters in the book. But um, the traditional way of um, writing Mongolian, of course, is very different. And you see this image here. It's a, it's a language that's written um, not from left to right, which most languages are, many languages are, others uh, from right to left, obviously. But but this one is written from from top to bottom and um the political interesting thing about this is right now so this is the kind of writing you find in what the chinese call inner mongolia so the the province of mongolia within china and um and uh, you know we all know that that the chinese have a real drive towards a very unified or <clears throat> um very cynicized way of nationalism right now and and so um mongolians in in inner mongolia in china are really fighting to be able to keep their language alive when um, for instance in in schools um where mongolian was taught it was is now replaced with chinese and and the, the, the writing system is not taught anymore etc etc um so it's a it's a Political hotspot right now. Actually, kind of interesting that that you know writing systems can become a political problem, and this is one of those cases where it is. Here's what I what I really like about the way it is written. You can see um, one one thing I um, mention in most little stories that accompany the characters is that is the technical solutions to 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 print or to to um, digitize the the characters Um, this is written in unicode so unicode as you know is sort of the the that meta language that allows um, the vast majority of writing systems to be written in one code page code pages used to be the the um the coding behind a writing system that made it impossible to mix different writing systems on one page so you couldn't have Cyrillic alongside Chinese alongside alongside Latin um characters um Unicode solved that and Unicode now is able to to you know to write the vast majority of writing systems and accordingly um vast majority of of um of characters and i love the way that um font developers develop their fonts um which are you know possible to be to be um printed through unicode in ways that um those those characters traditionally are written so if you look at, at those characters there you can see This um, is written in the style that um, that uh, Mongolian was written. So Chinese, as you know, was traditionally written with a brush, right? You see these these really soft lines in a in a in a um, in a Chinese character. Mongolian was written with reed. So, um, you know, rather than the soft brush you can see expressed here in this character, you see sort of the edgy nature of um this these characters written with um with reed that that you know are dunked in um in, in in ink and then you know used to to write these characters um i love that because to me this is one of those really fortunate encounters of of culture art and technology and and all done really well and all culminating in this And and this and these beautiful characters,
0: culture, art, and technology, and technology that has evolved over time, right? Yeah, Um, because. A read is a form of technology, if you think of oh, it macro-human evolution sense. And it's oh, fascinating completely. to me that there's, you know, I, I don't know Unicode as much as I should, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so I'm not even going to try to talk about Unicode, but it's mm-hmm. fascinating to me that someone out there has taken the effort to program all of this to preserve not just the like, what it looks like, but what it feels like, mm. so, to capture the essence. Um, yeah, the no, you might. Where, like, sharper corners because we use a read on this mm-hmm. instead of instead of a paintbrush yeah so so i got to choose the pick one um or i got to mm-hmm. pick the first one I w- let's go this is one that yost picked right before we went live here um i don't know if you can see t- here we go <laughs> talk to and i don't even i need to go up here to even speak intelligently about this this is uh, i'm not gonna speak i'm not even gonna try to speak intelligently Go for it. <laughs> Tell us about this. <laughs> so let me let me find
1: it. My, so I do have the it, book here. Um, it's on page book. number blank. On page number blank, you find I, I put a little little um, a little bookmark in it so you can I can find it better. And you this, know that um, works.
0: That works, by the way, because if I'm uh, if I'm opening up, I don't have the book yet. But if I'm opening up this PDF and I'm looking for something that I thought I wanted to find, I end up seeing seven more things that I didn't even know that I see? wanted to find. So <laughs> it works.
1: So, so this is this is a, a also a fun character and also a fun story about Unicode. I think so. This character, to my knowledge, has been used just once. Crazy, right? You have a character. I mean, think about. I mean, the characters that we're using, letters, and then the Latin alphabet, or if you are, you know, Russian or Ukrainian, maybe in the Cyrillic alphabet, of your Chinese, in the in the in the you know in in the Chinese writing system, um, are. Used again and again and again, millions and millions and millions of times. This character has been used once, and um, and um, it's called the multiocular O. Um, it's Cyrillic, and it's it was used um, in a um, in a. Um, I'm not sure whether it was a translation of a psalm or a comment to a psalm. Um, where it talked about multi eyed seraphim seraphim are one of the the classes of angels in in Bi- in the bible and um there is there 's actually not a real reference to multi eyed seraphim in the bible, but apparently in in um, in uh, an author, russian orthodox um You know theology. There are those things, and and that's when that character was developed and used. And you can clearly see this is very multi-eyed, right? I mean, there's lots of little eyes in there.
0: Straight from the Book of Revelations right? (laughs) It kind of,
1: maybe it was, who knows. Don't don't get me started on
0: Bible trivia and history and culture because that is something I can and probably shouldn't talk about, (laughs) but it's fascinating to see how a lot of this goes back to like the original stories, so to speak. Oh, oh, absolutely. And of course, you know, now that we are talking
1: about the Bible,
0: Oh boy. the history of writing wouldn't be without the history
1: of the Bible, right? So many of the writing systems that we are talking about in the book are really closely intertwined with the the history of bible translation but that's a whole nother, nother thing so here's what i wanted to say about this so it's it's a it's kind of a it's kind of like an you know an uber emoji you know i mean this is like if you ever wanted to come with an, with an emoji this is an emoji it was used sometime in the in the you know in the 600s i think you know that that um, somebody came up with that and the Unicode developers actually sat down and developed a place for it in its in in the alphabet it was used once and yet (laughs) they developed they developed coding for this character which i think is crazy of course there's very few fonts who are able to to um to to um to depict that character but but um there are some fonts and this is one of them i think it's just that you know it's a quirky story but again it's a story where um you know technology honors culture as quirky and as rare and as as um you know obscure it might be but somebody in on on the Unicode team um took that serious enough to develop a, the the coding for it and 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 here it is and it's beautiful and you know anyone who looks at it and is told what it is multi-eyes goes like well, well of course it's multi-eyes that's that's what's looking at me <laughs>
0: right right that's let's funny. let's uh I, I think we have some people down here in the chat. Oh my goodness I can't read this though it's too small. Um let's see. Let's see who's talking in the chat. Give us some shout-outs. El Criollo. Sorry, my Spanish. El Criollo Viajero. Welcome. Using some emojis. If you're in the chat, say hi, guys. Give us give us a, give us a what's up. Give us a smiley face. Give us a something. Mm-hmm. Um, we love to see you. We love to have you. Rodrigo, good to have you, sir. Thank you for joining. Um, anybody else, if you have questions, um, come drop them in the chat with us. Now i'm going to uh, put Yost on the spot here because yeah. I was reading about and here let me ju- let me just go to it here let me get back to my screen, and we're going to go to right here firefly. I saw this <laughs> because my my American brain obviously sees the the English. Um, and so I stopped and I read about it and that's how you're supposed to consume this book is you're supposed to catch something and, oh, I want to read more about this. And here, I'm just going to read it for you guys. It says, you can't, um, you can't create or display the Japanese proportional font from the previous page without an advanced image or desktop editor, but, If you want to do something less exotic while at the same time, so just so you know, the previous page is talking about a different glyph, but I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole yet. Um, But if you want to do something less exotic while at the same time inspiring your niece or granddaughter, take a look at Gabriola, a free-flowing open type font. This font allows you to change the ligature ligature displays, compare the first two examples with their use of FL and FI, and even to choose different stylistic sets. And all this is a basic tool like microsoft word via its font dialogue so talk to me a little bit about this and then what i want to do to put you on the spot is i actually have i'll have to bring it up on screen uh open word doc with gabriola font installed and i want you to show me how to use these ligatures because Mm -hmm. this is super cool and i don't know how to do it so yeah so so um it's kind of a you know not a very exotic story but but that's
1: that's particularly because I shows it um, so uh, um, you know the the previous story in in characters with characters was um, about ways that you that um, Adobe had developed a proportional font that was able to um, to display differences in or to display characters differently Japanese characters differently whether they um, were um, when When they were um, displayed vertically or hori- horizontally, which is really beautiful and 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 interesting and then I thought, you know how too bad that we don't have anything like that in in with the latin alphabet and then I encountered this little feature in like you said Microsoft Word, and you can actually um in if you go to the microsoft um font di- the, the font dialog in microsoft Word you there
0: i'm already on the advanced tab you can tell i was trying to do this without your help excellent so
1: i i I can't let me let me see whether i can enlarge your view sorry
0: this is the resolution's bad um it's ligatures number spacing number forms stylistic sets and i got um, so you have to go to
1: to 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 the stylistic sets i believe and there's like a number of
0: oh i see that okay do you see that uh, no it pre- changes the a couple. dialogue here let me decrease the font size to like 12 and because then i can see it in the preview dialogue here um 18. okay and stylistic sets two, four. Oh, wow so you guys might not be able to see this because um this is microsoft word can i zoom mm-hmm. in no it's just a high resolution no, monitor can. um but this is super fascinating. If you go it's kind of fun. I mean, it's, you know, like I said, if you have a granddaughter or a niece or a
1: daughter who is still in that age that would like to see how, you know, how a beautiful word like firefly or like, um, mermaid or anything like that becomes, um, different according to, um, what kind of stylistic set you put on it, you will most certainly delight them. So, so, um, it's, Kind of a fun, fun thing to do Um, and fun to see that we can do it with regular languages like um, Latin based and and Cyrillic based um, alphabets also.
0: Yeah, this is this is really cool and super easy. So for those of you following along at home, this is some practical advice from this book. Is and I'm sure this is going to lead to many many lost hours on my part because this is. Yeah. Not exactly. it, just, <laughs> oh, Jesus.
1: Now, you do have to. There's only very few fonts that allow for that. So you have to have an open type font, um, and um, and the the font that comes with um, with Windows um, is Gabriola. That's the one that you want to use that. And I don't know what the Mac equivalent would be there. I I I'm not a Mac guy, but if you are using a PC, then Gabriola is the font you want to play with and come to these fancy ways of of writing one word within one font in different in different stylistic sets.
0: Perfect. All right, let's get back to it. Um we looked at the the seraphim eye the monster eye um what else what else do we have what which other one here would you want to go over so why don't you look at there's
1: a couple of um there is for instance one from um um the feist this one from the feistos disc um I like which you, i love that one I, let me tell you why i you tell me well, you go ahead and you tell me why you like that one
0: Oh, you're gonna tell you're gonna put me on the spot. I like it just because it looks cool. That that's the it, level of my analysis. I mean, all right, I'm well, just gonna be real here. Like I, I'm not. Um, I, I am not going to hold my own in an intellectual conversation about glyphs with Yostetze. I I'm like it because sure it looks cool. Sure.
1: <laughs> well, my intellectuality is to say this looks like from the punk scene in, in, in London in the 1970s. That's and, what, but of it course looks like it's like not. Art, right? <laughs> it it looks, only does! It
0: looks like I, that's, uh, is that what you wanted me to say? Because that's what I was thinking. It looks like... Exactly, genius. that's what
1: I hope you would say. <laughs> no, I, 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 I... That's exactly what... So, there's a couple of reasons why i like this a it's one of those scripts that have not has not been deciphered there's a number of scripts um that just have you know that are lost now nobody obviously knows how to write them or decipher them and researchers also have not been able to decipher them and that's one of them on on those on those discs um and um and there's obviously very few samples of it so you can't build a large corpus and then do some kind of an artificially artificial intelligence based analysis of what the meaning might be um so we don't know what that means but you can clearly see you see that those three characters on top of those of the front and the back of those um those disks um are actually from that disk and are written yes in unicode um so of course also coded within within the large collection of unicode and um and you can see that these glyphs are tr- i mean so the guy in the middle if he's not a punk i don't know what a punk looks like i mean that's a punk right that's that's a punk from the from the uh, you know uk in the 70s or you know oh, wherever, wherever like, you I,
0: I know this is black and white but that guy definitely has pink hair
1: he green, has
0: big or, hair. Yeah, no, I said <laughs> pink or green or something. Oh, I know right. it's black and yeah. white, but when I see this black and oh, white, I, I, see, I see green hair. Yeah. That's right. I, so I, see, I, I see Justin Peach, my college roommate. Shout out to Justin. What's up, Peaches? Um, yeah, he played in like a <laughs> uh, punk rock. It, it wasn't punk rock. He'd yell at me for saying punk rock. It's some obscure thing. But yeah, that's what I see when I see this. And it's how old. That you know, and this this thing
1: is like from from the you know from 1500 BC, right? Um, so so you you go like so if they in 1500 BC had this way of whatever they tried to write and used used an imagery that is so close to what we have today or what we had just a couple of decades ago, and of course the current punks would say no 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 this is very current this is how it still looks today. Um, I I, you know it's it's again quirky but I, I I love it and I also love the fact that it hasn't been deciphered of course it would be super fun to be the one who deciphers that script at some point but it's just fine by me that it's not being deciphered and it's one of those mysteries that you know obviously writing is about expressing yourself but it's just fine if you you know if some people in the past have expressed themselves and and now nobody knows what they said but what they have at least left is some kind of a beautiful imagery, artistic um, way of of seeing themselves and the world, and I I think that's beautiful and and to be celebrated.
0: I I agree. I, I I'm a big fan of having mystery in language, and mm-hmm. mystery I think breeds beauty or the perception oh. of beauty, because you know I'm a. So, you know, my background is not like I was the son of an ambassador and grew up speaking seven languages. Like, I started learning language later in life, and, um, yeah, so I'm not, like, a super, super, super linguist, right? But I know enough German, I know enough Spanish, I know less, but I know enough French to, like, kind of understand things and it's hard because by trying to understand things i miss the beauty if that makes sense like i i'm too busy when i'm listening i'm talking more about spoken language now but when i'm yeah talking, i know i know you know it's i can't just let the music play right i am trying to analyze it trying to heart it which is you know there's a different t- kind of beauty to be found in that for sure but, oh there um,
1: is you know i was just we my, my wife and i just finished a um an, an israeli um tv show on on netflix called Fauda. Fauda. i think I, my wife is watching
0: that it's, it's pretty it's, like it's pretty Israeli soap it's, opera
1: yeah, yeah 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 um so so in that show is entirely in in um israel and in, in hebrew and arabic and um and we loved it obviously we use subtitles because we neither speak hebrew nor arabic but it was so beautiful we thought you know i mean it's not a beautiful show by any means it's a very intense and very violent show but um it's a we we just sat there through the three seasons and um my, my wife is sort of with me on also loving languages and we just we just adored listening to those languages that are both very beautiful and and both very closely related of course and um and listening to language that we don't understand, but we were able to decipher because of subtitles, of course. Uh, you know, they, of course, it's great to know all kinds of languages. It's also great to to revel in, in in the beauty of language as it is just expressed without knowing it. I mean, I was just, I was talking to an artist last night. We visited some people, you know, now that we're all vaccinated, we can visit some people again sometimes. <clears throat> so I visited with an artist, with an artist who does, Abstract work and um, and we talked about you know abstract art is not always to be understood it's just to be experienced you know there is yes you can understand did the artist understand it the same way probably not maybe maybe not um, and and I think it's kind of the same with language you know you sometimes you can just let it happen to you and it's got beauty. And that's true for spoken language as much as it is for written language, I think. I mean, that's, you know, many of the languages that I'm mentioning in the book is um, are languages that um, clearly I don't know. You know, I mean, you know, we just talked about a language that nobody knows and, and there's, you know, the majority of languages that I'm mentioning I, I don't know, but I can still marvel at their beauty. I can marvel at the beauty of their calligraphy or the way that technology is able to express the the beauty of that language or that, um, you know, so humans humans are limited in many ways, but humans are also full of genius to want to express themselves, I think. And, and one, if a society has come to the conclusion that writing is an important way of expressing itself, many have not, and that's just fine. They have other ways of truly expressing themselves beautifully yeah. through oral culture um but if you, if you have come to a point where you where you um collectively decide or where there is a you know something happening a dynamic happening that somebody comes up with the writing system and you you kind of go along with it um then uh, you know the genius the human genius often takes hold and comes up with systems that are weird and beautiful and crazy and that's what we are doing in this book, celebrating that. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. They already draw better than me back then. Yeah, that's probably oh. true. Hatoufim. Okay, I'm going to check out Hatoufim. <laughs> And, you know, uh, if you, um, I don't know whether you read the little introduction that I, that I wrote for the book, um, Tucker, Tucker, but um, um, I, I did want to make a point in the, the, in the introduction that, introduction, that um, you, you know, language, language, of course, primarily is spoken. That's what language, language is, right? And, and then it finds different ways of expressing itself in different mediums. And, in different mediums. And, um, and, um, and writing and language is a secondary medium. I mean, it is not the primary medium that language expresses itself. Language didn't start in writing. Language started in 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 being spoken, right? So, by celebrating writing systems, I want to make really sure that um, you know I don't um, <clears throat> I don't look down upon languages that are not um, uh, written. I, in fact, I I, I find it absolutely mind blowing right. that. That um, you know these that oral cultures have developed such sophisticated have sophi- have developed sophisticated enough ways to survive and to 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 keep their stories to to um, you know have their traditions without writing, which is a remarkable thing, right? I mean, maybe we're not smart enough to do it, and that's why we need writing right. systems. Um, so I think that's a really important. Sort of asterisk, you know, celebrating writing systems is great. And that's what I'm doing in this book. But keeping in mind that um, cultures can do very well and can be very rich without a writing system is also important. And, and that's what I felt I needed to say in my little introduction.
0: And uh, I hesitate to ask this or not, because it, it might be a long A long conversation. But what effect does that have when when a society develops a writing system? What effect does that have on their language, spoken and, of course, written now, moving forward? Like, does it make it, does it accelerate the evolution i want to be careful because i don't want to you know be making judgment calls about different languages but does it accelerate does the language does the spoken language then become more complex with the introduction of a written script or does it perhaps dilute that language because now that language the richness of that language has to fit into a written form
1: i i think you can make either case um I, i'm not sure that it i think I'm, I'm not sure that in any case the 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 oral language would um, be enriched by written language but I think one aspect that you didn't mention and that's really important I think is that um, typically as we all know many languages with lesser diffusion are under a lot of pressure today right so Mm -hmm. typically languages that are not written um, are in a context or the, the cultures are in a context where there are um, majority languages that that typically put a lot of pressure on those languages, and the pressure can be you know coming in a number of ways. Can be coming because um, you know young people. It's always about young people. Young people make a language so thrive or not. Um, if la- young people don't see any any future speaking their indigenous language, um, and rather learning you know Russian or Spanish or Chinese or whatever. Um, uh, Dominant language might be the one in their context, then um, that language, um, you, know, is under well under threat, logically, right? I mean, if only elderly people speak that language, those will die at some point, and um, with that the language will die. Now, what a writing system can do, and I think that's a really important point to make, is it can give um, a l- languages a much better chance for survival and i think that's really um, that's a that's a you know relevant point at this time when you know we've all heard those numbers that that on average every 2 weeks a language dies right now of course that's you know that's seen over the course of a whole century but languages die all the time you know the last speaker of a language um language dies regularly and and you know covid had its big unfortunate impact on that also you know being being more threatening to, um, you know, elderly people, and and of course, elderly people of of um, threatened languages as well. <clears throat> so, writing systems have an important place, and and if there is, however, that drive comes about, um, a drive to develop a writing system with the um, hope to um, preserve a language or to give. For instance, young people uh, a way to express themselves in writing. You know, young people do express themselves in writing through texting, through you know, however they 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 express themselves. Then that can be a really positive thing. Does it have a um, limiting impact on on the language? I think it can, but you know, it can also help the language to flourish. So it's a you know, there is no easy answer to that. I think for sure, um, and. Um, but um it's um make sure this yeah um but uh, yeah it's an it's a it's a complex question let's put it like that oh
0: i'm on mute i'm sorry Ah, Um, uh i've been listening we've all been listening this whole time i've just been trying to figure out how i can um get a copy of this before this stream ends to do. And if you guys are watching this um, stream, uh, either live, if you're live, this will be living on on the interwebs for quite a while now. So if you're watching this, then um, follow my directions here. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna go to Amazon right here. I've logged in, non incognito. And if you're anything like me, you spend way too much money on Amazon. God, he's gonna ask me for my password again. All right. Well, it's not. I guess it's not that easy to buy, but it is if you got your your shit together, unlike me.
1: And well, God I God think I God. think we all know what your password is anyway. Uh, it's got to be, be Fat game. Mother Tucker, right? Fat I mean, Mother I think
0: yeah, six... <laughs> 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 I gotta throw some digits and some some numbers <laughs> in there just to <sighs> to make the the gods happy, the the algorithm gods. Well, before we close it up here, I would be remiss if if we didn't plug all of the other non-book-related stuff that you're doing. Talk to me a little bit about the the Toolbox Journal. This is something that, you know, I, I was talking to someone the other day. And I was like, yeah, you subscribe to Yoast's um, newsletter, right? And I said, yeah, I do. And then I remembered, and I was like you know i haven't gotten it for a while and i think i was subscribed with my old email address so i need to go maybe you should newsletter. change that i think i will i'm not going to yeah. try to do it live because my success record today is really bad <laughs> <laughs> it's not good <laughs> but t- tell me about it because back when i used to get it like this this is just a it's it's a solid it's a solid newsletter it's everything that i would expect in a newsletter it's not salesy it's just here's information and it's just on point you know um, on point, um, doesn't waste your time, doesn't, no fluff. Um, but I'm going to let Yos talk a little bit about it.
1: Well, so the, the newsletter, um, you know, I've been I've been writing this for almost 20 years now. So it's a, it's got a, you know, I think I'm on edition 300, whatever 50, or I don't know, lots of, count. I've sent lots, lots of newsletter out, newsletters out, and and it's a, um, so. <clears throat> I personally am not very technical and truly am not I you know my degree is in in the history is in, in Chinese language and I wrote a dissertation on the history of Chinese Bible translation I you know have never studied code I have never studied engineering or anything like that Um. so I'm not super technical but I'm super interested in making technology work for me and especially in my professional life and um and so what um i um am doing in the newsletter is i'm talking about how i make technology be my friend, um, not being technical myself. You know, translators and translation professionals have had this reputation for a long time that they're not very technical, you know. And and I, you know, some uh, that, that's partly true. I think some, in fact, celebrated it for a long time um, that they were not technical. But um, that obviously has to change and has changed also. But it there is a continuous, uh, need to change that because technology is changing right now there is a lot of push for machine translation what does it mean for translators to have to work or do we have to work with transla- machine translation and if so how and you know and so on and so forth and th- those are the things that I'm discussing in the newsletter and I'm um, I, I, like you say I, I am trying to do it without much fluff um, um, you know I do have really Terrible jokes in it, and and um, that's the only kind of fluff that I have. <clears throat> but those um, are the best
0: kind of jokes.
1: Those are the best kind of jokes, exactly. Um, we're, we're uh, both by bothers.
0: the way, we, we we know the dad joke. We're no stranger to the dad joke. Oh, I,
1: you know, you know the best, the, the very best dad joke of all.
0: uh are, so, you're going to tell. So us why
1: why 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 do they call it hemorrhoids? I don't know. I don't was taken that's not wow. bad huh Indeed. and that's on a live stream can you believe it anyway um
0: oh, yay. I've, got a, I've gotten a button for that you weren't the joke <laughs> of the week contest
1: <laughs> so anyway um my newsletter is um is fairly long it's not you know um it's like five six seven pages long if you would you know if you put it on on regular eight and a half by eleven paper and, but it's, um, I've got lots of interviews with, you know, interesting people in the industry. And fortunately, I've do, been doing it long enough that I know all the developers of the technology that's relevant to translators. And they're usually eager to talk to me. And and so I talk to them and get uh, insights from them, I think, that are not easily to be had elsewhere. And, um, and can t- talk to them about what their future plans are, et cetera, et cetera. That's what the newsletter is about. And it's free. That's good, right?
0: And it's free. I like free. Free free yeah. is always good. Mm-hmm. So that's... that's um, so you guys, if you're listening out there, you've got your marching orders. Uh, it's time to go out and time to get a copy of Yoast's book. And I will be doing it as soon as you guys can't see my password <laughs> anymore on this live stream. Um, I have a copy waiting for me. It's just in Sandpoint, Idaho right now. And it's... Um, I'm impatient. I'm going to order a new one. So your marching orders. Go out and get a copy of this book. Hell, go get five. This is a great gift. Like, I think you know somebody who in your life is a language nerd who was someone like me when I was 18 and was just fascinated by languages. And I still am. Right, um, but I got a copy. Don't buy one for me. Buy one for the language nerd in your life. The language. Geek.
1: Well, and and let me let me add something to that, Tucker. I, I you know I think that the one that you really should be taken into consideration um, are your clients and are you are the people that you work with. Um yes. So one way then when we when Tucker and you and you and I start to talk about this book, one way that we saw a real use case for this book is for whether you are you know a freelance translator who's working with so many you know clients that you that you translate for or whether you are a language service provider who is um trying to gain new clients or to solidify existing client relationships this is really a fantastic book to give away to clients you know whether as a christmas present or just as a present period and what
0: there's customization options too
1: isn't that um, so? So th- this is that that that's so exciting, right? You can put your own preface in there. You can put your own logo in there. You you can do with the book. You can brand the book according to what um, you want, and you can, of course, then you don't order it at Amazon. You order it at Multilingual, right? But um, you know they're they're willing to help you um, do all that, and there's you know discounts for bulk orders, etc., etc. So I, you know, that that is what excites me also to. So, I if I, work if as I was a translator. marketing
0: manager at a large LSP, like you and I have talked about this before, like this yeah. is this is a home run. We didn't get it out in time for Christmas. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> that's that's our fault. But um, this would make a great just if I was a marketing manager at a large LSP. You know, we localize, them are obvious, or RWS or so, SEL, somebody like that. I would um, this would be the top of my list because it's a ready-made. Um, beautiful book like i think every lsp in the industry should have a copy of this on their coffee table um if if i walk into an lsp office and i don't see you know of course i want my copy of my multilingual on (laughs) on your office on your coffee table but a copy of this book and this and and, and what, what is that I
1: can't see it. Well, that's Gained the book. Character.
0: That's the one that I want. That's the one that I want. <laughs> right. So go out there, get it. That's that's enough from us though. On on this, um, um what is this? I feel like we're doing one of those PBS donation drives. Like hey, order now, order both orders. I'd be good available. at that. Yeah. <laughs> but I think
1: but, I think I could not have told that, that 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 hemorrhoid joke on on PBS. What do you think?
0: Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> but um any closing words we're at the top of the hour here and i know these things don't have much of a schedule but uh well
1: let's wrap I, up you know hey i think we should celebrate the industry you're working in that's that's um you know we sometimes take so much for granted i think um we are getting so you we are so used to um you know to the things that we are we are doing day in day out doing translation working with languages languages are beautiful and let's celebrate the fact how beautiful languages are and um you know whether this is related to my book or not doesn't matter languages are beautiful let's celebrate that
0: here here well um let's Play us out here. Um, thank you, thank you, everybody who was able to join today. Thank you very much, Yost, for Thanks, agreeing to do this last minute. As with the, all of our guests, um, the book is available all, all major outlets online. Um, it's available for bulk order through Multilingual Media. Contact the folks over at Multilingual Magazine to to get that copy. This stream, of course, today is made possible by NIMBY Insights. We don't announce these pop up events so subscribe make sure that you're getting all of the latest information and lastly if you're not aware of NIMSY if you don't know what we do we do market research and consulting specialized in but not necessarily only about the language services industry we help companies go global um, and do whatever that takes whether it's technology consulting market research user experience research in country focus groups you name it lots of services talk to us info at NIMSY.com Um, if you would like to hear more information. And with that, we'll see you next time, guys. Thank you very much, Yost. Thank
1: you. Appreciate it.
0: Y'all have a great day.
1: You too. Bye-bye.